0: Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi.
1: Hey everyone, Tom Salemi here. Welcome back. This is the OIS Podcast, as I'm sure you know, and I really appreciate you joining us. We had some positive news last week from Menosis Cellular Devices. They received a 510K notification for it's Zepto device, and uh, this is a story that we've been following on the stage at OIS, and I was able to uh, track down John Hendrick, president and CEO. He's a very busy man, especially at this time, but he uh, agreed to spend some time with us, let us know uh, what the notification means for Minosis. Uh, he gave us some details on some of the experiences that uh, they've had. OUS, where they've already launched the product, and uh, tips his hand a bit, lets us know what else Minosis is working on. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with John Hendrick, President and CEO of Minosis. I'd like to tell you that we're also, uh, we'll have an article about the approval in our OIS Weekly newsletter. So if you're not getting the OIS Weekly, go to ois.net, just give us your email, and we'll send it to you. And also, as I mentioned in the podcast, in that weekly newsletter, we're also including uh, Menosis' most recent presentation from OIS at ASCRS, and you can uh, see some video there and uh, a great description of what SEPTO does. So now let's get into this podcast interview with John Hendrick. John Hendrick, welcome to the podcast.
0: Why, thank you, Tom. I appreciate you uh, uh, having this discussion with me today.
1: Great. Well, you've got a, a lot to talk about. Uh, we've been hearing the Zepto story at, at OIS. You've been kind enough to keep us up to date on its progress, and you had a very hopeful presentation at OIS at ASCRS uh, last month in, uh, in L.A., and you had some news of late, so, uh, so bring us up to date. What is, uh, what is your, your, the news that you've announced uh, last week?
0: Well, you know, as you know, in the uh, presentation at the OIS, uh, we, uh, we finished um, our clinical trial that the FDA had requested of us, which was a 100-patient trial, um, and we did that in, in record time, in about 80 days, uh, with uh, eight sites in the United States and nine physicians, And the primary reason for that, uh, as you're probably aware, is that in a clinical trial, it is important that physicians have the confidence of a new product. And many times they're very cautious. And so that uh, caution is more or less relayed to the patients when they're discussing them about entering into a trial. And what happened here is that once physicians use the device a couple of three times, as we've seen almost every single time is that they take a completely and totally different view of this and what that did is spurn an enormous amount of patients to uh, apply into the trial. And we were able to finish 100 patients in you know approximately 80 days.
1: Was that the goal? 80, was 80 days the goal? And, and was that an important uh, time frame?
0: Well, uh, you know, I, we had a lot of people telling me it was going to take me six months to recruit a 100 patient trial, etc. I felt that the uh, responses that I had seen and in my own experiences of being out into the field a lot during the and initial studies down in El Salvador where there was a, a paper that has just been released in the ASCRS in May on the the first uh, 40, 50 patients that we did down there um, by Dr. Kevin Waltz. But uh, I felt confident after seeing uh, a number of physicians use the device outside the U.S. then that uh, this was going to happen, and um, so my target was 90 days, Hmm. and uh, we were able to do it in less time than that. That's terrific. And so when we finished up the trial, um, we, of course, had to to gather all the data and prepare for the 510K application, and we submitted that um, within about uh, uh, less than 45 days after we finished the last patient. And um, uh, we submitted that, and uh, I have to commend the FDA, is that they uh, uh, reviewed that, got their answers back to us quickly, with which we responded almost immediately to every one of their questions, and was able to receive a, a FDA clearance in 89 days.
1: (laughs) Were you shooting for 90 again?
0: Yes, we were. We were (laughs) now again. Now, again, I can tell you this is that every single regulatory person I talked to, every marketing uh, individual that I talked to, said that it was going to take me six months. And um, the fact of this is that when you have such a clean clinical trial as we did, of which when um, out of the 100 patients, 98 of those patients were perfect capsulotomies, no tags, no issues, 98 out of 100. And you know that in Zento they never would have made that kind of a, uh, uh, of a clinical uh, uh, outcome. But um and and the couple that we did the other two, one of them was it was an error by an operator uh by uh when he uh went to release the product at the same time that he pushed the power button, you know, and that kind of stuff happens in a clinical trial mm-hmm. and you have to report it. And uh of course there wasn't any problem with the patients on that. And then the other one was uh a physician brought in a new microscope and lighting and couldn't quite see well, and they had a few tags. But other than that, I mean, this trial was close to perfect. And, of course, at the end of the day, if we would have had a perfect trial, then I think that the FDA might have said, wait a minute, uh, uh, this is uh, unusual. But uh, we hit uh, both our uh, our safety endpoints um, of which uh, safety and what was a uh, uh, capsule rupture with vitreous loss, we had none, zero. And secondly, uh, we had uh, 98 out of 100 being perfect capsulotomies and that's what was the requirement for the, um, uh, the product utility. So at the end of the day, we were very pleased uh, and I think that the FDA recognized that uh, this product is needed out into the marketplace.
1: That's terrific. And, that, and I know that I think you always inherited your time limit at OIS, so I, I'm not surprised that uh, that you're, not, that you're, you're, you're uh, exceeding your expectations uh, in both the, the clinical trial and the approval. Um, people, we, we did include the, uh, we're including the, one of the videos of your presentation, one of your presentations, the most recent one. Uh, on the newsletter that we're sending out the ois weekly newsletter with this podcast so i do invite people to look at the presentation and to go to ois.net to take a look at at the video to see what zepto does but but john could you take a, a minute or two and just sort of bring anyone who hasn't been to ois or, or isn't as familiar with this as they should be uh bring them up to date on, on what we're talking about here
0: well sure you know i I, um, as I briefly talked about at the OIS, uh, you know, we started uh, to take this product out into a market that, uh, again, everyone advised me to not do, and that is to go into an India India market where, you know, pricing is a you know a significant issue over there, and it's not uncommon to have a uh, you know an IOl sell for three to five bucks. In the uh, India market. But one of the things that I recognized over there is that there is a very, very large market segment over there for premium IOLs. And, 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 you know, they do well in excess of 6 million cataracts a year. There is no other country in the world that does that amount. None. And, uh, and out of that, about 500,000 are premium type IOLs. And that's growing because of the Indian market. Uh, that middle class over there is gaining uh, a lot more financial strength, mm-hmm. and and so it it became clear, at least to me, that that was the arena that we wanted to go after. And so the uh, the distributor that we selected over there, Care Group, which is a uh, a, a really good distributor uh they also manufactured their own iols Uh, they do a very good job um, in uh, the manufacturing process because i went through their facility and as you know tom i probably had my my beginning starts in the medical industry back in the 70s was in operations and manufacturing and engineering and um, i was impressed with their operation over there but uh, One of the things that occurred to them that uh, they had never seen before is that uh, we had a little portion of their booth set up where I was there to talk to physicians about Zepto. And much to their surprise, uh, when I arrived at 9 a.m. in the morning of the first day, there were 12 physicians waiting to talk to me. And I literally did not get out of my chair for six hours. And over that period of three days, I talked to over 200 physicians. Wow. Um, And there has never, ever been a response like that in all of my days in ophthalmology. And I have to tell you, you know, I was involved with, I was the vice president of operations and And uh, at AMO, when we developed the first foldable lens. And even then, we didn't have the kind of reception that I see here. And when you look at all of the products that have been brought to the market, none have had that kind of a response over the last 10 years, none. And um, as a result of this, the the issue from the distributors, or at least in, in India at this point, was they were, the, the salespeople were astounded. They were coming up to me and saying, John, I've been trying to see this physician for two years and I couldn't get into him. And now he's coming to me, wanting me to bring in the Zepto. Um, and of course, uh, this has allowed this distributor to utilize their bag of uh, various alphomic products, especially their premium lenses. So now they are starting to bundle the, the Zepto and the premium lenses into their market. And as a result of that, in, in a four-month period, we have uh, placed over 80 power supplies in India. Wow. 80. Again, there is no product out there that has been either purchased by a strategic or by a, a small company that has had that kind of an impact into a low-end market that people have said we should never be there. Um, and uh, we've had uh, close to 2,000 handpieces now uh, sent into that market, uh, and it continues to grow at a very, very fast pace.
1: Well, t- tell us about Zepto and why it's in such demand. What does it do?
0: Well, I think that you know, the, the underlying effort of this product uh, and I think that, you know, why almost all physicians want it is that when you look at the market of comorbidities, and that's, uh, that covers uh, the arena of small pupils, uh, cornea scarring, pseudo exfoliation, um, you know, uh, hard cataracts or intumescent cataracts, or even uh, Morgadnean cataracts, these are all very, very difficult cases. And they are hard to do, regardless of whether you're doing it with CCC or with Zepto, or or Femto. And uh, this is one of the aspects of Zepto, is that it takes those very difficult cases and now makes it easy for the surgeon. It prevents a lot of problems that could happen, such as uh, major uh, bag tears or explosion of the bag under uh, intumescent cataracts. And we have demonstrated this over and over again, uh, and it has been shown by many doctors around the world. And in fact, if you go on iTunes, you can see where a lot of physicians over in India have uh, put this on iTunes where they have actually been doing these really tough cases. And of course in India, the the number of comorbidities is significantly higher than it, it is in the United States. You know, in the United States have those types of patients uh, run about 25%. So every doctor that says say 100 cases, you know, 25 of them are gonna have these kinds of comorbidities Um, but outside in third world countries, it's a significantly higher percentage, you know, 50, 60, and sometimes 70%, depending upon the third world country. And so now this product opens up into markets that the normal products that you see in ophthalmology would never even want to enter into, but here the demand is extraordinary. And you know, and I'm already seeing it from many countries in South America and in the Asian markets right now. And um, the fact that, you know, we as a company can can only uh, focus in on uh, certain markets at a time. And especially now with the U.S. market coming up in August, uh, you know, it limits how fast that we can how fast that we can grow. But, um, you know, we're certainly at this point in time focused that by the end of the year, Uh, in in four markets, this company will be cash flow positive. Again, I ask you to think about this. How many new products coming out of the chute have done that? And again, it goes towards the fact that these ophthalmologists recognize the need for coming up with a safe, accurate way of being able to do a capsulotomy, and one that is very inexpensive as compared to what they have used to see with Femto. I'm
1: going to take a quick break from this conversation with John Hendrick, the president and CEO of Menosis, to uh, remind you that OIS at ASRS is happening in Boston on August 10th. Please go to ois.net to register. We've got a, a great program planned out including uh, a very special award ceremony that we'll be holding. And I uh, hope you will be there to join us. Again, go to ois.net to sign up for OIS at ASRS. Now back to this conversation. So does this help uh, a, a skilled surgeon become even faster and more skilled? And, and, and does it allow for uh, surgeons who perhaps haven't performed these procedures before to do them? So does it does it
0: appeal to both? Well, I, I can tell you, I can, I'll give you a quote from Dr. John Vukic. And and he said to us, he said, John, what Zepto does is it takes a good surgeon and makes him great. And I guess that that wraps it up is that, you know, the cases that the physicians see and all of a sudden they get tense, their heart rate goes up. Now they have a way to be able to perform the surgery. And, uh, and, and lose a lot of that tension and get the accuracy and the consistency. Because as you know, Tom, and I've demonstrated this at a number of uh, OIS presentations, is that our strength of our capsulotomy is two to four times stronger than anything that is on the market or in the future that we can see on the market.
1: Terrific. So what's next? How, how do you uh, roll this out in the U.S.?
0: Well, we we have uh, put together a, a very strong situation here with a uh, distributor called Precision Lens. And uh, currently, they are focused on 10 states inside the United States, but now they are going to be stretching out to cover the full US. And uh, they have garnered approximately 50 sales folks together. Um, And so we are focusing on the launch in August of this year. And really, we are going to be focusing on the fact that we do something that no other medical device can do. And that is we can align on the visual axis. We can create a personal placement cataract procedure of the visual axis of the IOL on each individual patient by using the Purkinje method. And that Purkinje method basically is associated with the lights inside the microscope that's in every microscope in the marketplace. And there is a method that's very easily learned as to how utilizing the patient interaction with the physician is how to align um, the physician And the patient on the visual axis, and then perform a perfect capsulotomy on that visual axis. Now, what does that do? You know, for physicians that say are not very proficient or a little bit uncertain about the fact of their capsulotomy for the premium market, because obviously, you know, they're charging more money and patients have a higher expectation, Um, what this does is allow that low-end physician that, uh, uh, or low-volume physician, I should say, that uh, doesn't have that, uh, that skill base to be able to do a, a very centered, round, perfect capsulotomy. Now, it allows him to do that. But what it also allows him to do is to be able now to start doing and participating in that premium market that will have a financial impact on him as a physician, and then of course much happier patients
1: Terrific. So you mentioned the possibility of being cash flow positive at the end of the year. Um, what does this mean for your uh, I guess your your capitalization? do you, are you, do you have funds to, sufficient funds to carry you there? Do you have intention to raise new funds or talk to a larger strategic no, we, what's what's next? We
0: have raised we have raised the uh, the money already to get us through to cash flow positive um and then uh, what my intention is is that once we are in a cash flow positive uh if we need a little bit more it's possible uh but i'm going to try to avoid that if i can it would probably be through some kind of a banking system because mm-hmm. we will have a you know a pretty good sales uh, application by then and then we will start to move into other markets Um, and then it will also help me support my development efforts you know Tom because we we have uh, started to work on a product for doing a posterior capsulotomy. Now many ophthalmologists are fearful of doing a posterior capsulotomy. But, you know, this is a unique situation. You know, most products, I'd say 99% of them, you know, someone comes up with the idea and says, hey, I think that this is going to be beneficial or have a clinical uh, application. And then you have to go ahead and develop the product and then start doing some testing. And then you do a clinical trial to prove that it, in fact, will uh, create the clinical outcome that you expect. Well, here, we already know, because there have been countless studies, thousands of patients done, uh, where a few very, very highly skilled physicians have been doing posterior capsulotomies and have proven that it eliminates posterior um, opacification or PCO, posterior capsule opacification. So here you know, already know, there is a way to eliminate. But the issue has been is that the skill base to do it, it's it's very, very tricky. And of course, you know, once you break the hyloid and you get vitreous in the front of the eye, that, you know, that causes you then to do a vitrectomy, and now you've got problems of placing the IOL, and then the vision is not that good. And and so physicians have just been very leery about trying to move in that direction. But you know, for pediatric physicians, they know they all do this because they know that it's virtually 100% of the small children that have cataracts done uh, must have a have their posterior have a posterior capsule created. Otherwise, 100% of them are going to end up with TCOs. And so, we are planning on uh, uh, reducing the size of our our device that will allow for us to treat children uh, and the anterior chamber. But now, we know since we were down in El Salvador and we treated some patients and were able to do a posterior capsule and the patients were great. Because of the way that we can do this is that, as you know, we perform suction on the capsule and we pull the posterior capsule away from the hyloid. And then this allows us to do a very safe capsulotomy and the fact that we don't generate heat. Um, The combination of those two things And the fact that we were able to do it with our crude device, we know we need to be able to develop one that makes it easy to do. But this can all be done at the time that they're doing a cataract procedure. And if you think about this, you know, Tom, you know what um, CMS spent on PCO in
1: 2015? No, I don't.
0: Close to $1 billion. Wow. Wow. Now, here is a product that in and by itself, it will be the loan product for doing this. you understand the impact of that? That's uh, that's critical. Uh, and so that's going to be our next step once uh, we get uh, uh, the interior uh, product off the ground and moving forward.
1: So what's the, the timeline on something like that?
0: Well, I think that uh, it's probably going to take us, because of the fact that uh, uh, physicians are very leery about doing that, we're going to have to do some very good clinical work to substantiate the fact that it's safe. And uh, also, we have uh, to modify our device to a degree uh, to be able to make it easily to, to get to the posterior area and it's going to take a, a different size, and et cetera. So it's probably going to take us about 12 months to get through that development process and do enough clinical work to, stif- to feel confident to go back to the FDA. And I would suspect uh, that the FDA is going to because of the, you know, the, uh, the issue about doing a posterior capsulotomy is, uh, is new, that we're going to have to do a clinical trial and uh and so it depends upon the follow-up as to how long that will take but um i think that uh um you know within two years that product could be on the marketplace
1: well if you say two years i'm guessing it'll probably be about a year and a half then right the way your your (laughs) time with your with your track record just kidding so that's great. Well, that's uh, and there's a lot going on. So what what uh, we'll, we're going to hear more of the rollout, uh, I suppose, uh, at an upcoming OIS. We'll get an update uh, in the fall, perhaps. And uh, do you have any projections as to what uh, beyond the, the sales and, and the revenue figures? Do you have any projections as to what sort of penetration well, you're I expecting? Think
0: that we we've got a few more surprises up our sleeve. Oh, okay. That I think that the market is uh, going to. Uh, really, um, it's going to have a very positive impact to it. So, uh, but uh, we'll have to, I'll have to hold off on saying anything at this point in time, but uh, there are some, some very, very good things, you know, and this, you know, this is such a unique product. It's a standalone product. I mean, people are so used to seeing competitive products out there and that's what they deal with, whether it was in glaucoma or whether it was in the Femto and you saw the big mash of Femto companies coming out together around the same time and everyone's competing against this. This is, this is different. This is where people have got to think completely differently. Now, this is not a competitive product. And, and our patent structure is such that it is, a huge wall for anyone to try to overcome, and we did this on purpose, and uh, uh, there's been a lot of focus uh, to uh, uh, make sure that this uh, product remains a standalone.
1: Have you had strategics knocking on your door asking questions?
0: I'd rather not comment on that. I wouldn't either
1: if I were you, but, but I have to ask those questions.
0: Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> well, if, if if you think about this, you know, how many products have been purchased over the last 10 years that, number one, are so easily assimilated <clears throat> into a current sales force? <clears throat> Secondly, the training time for this is three or four or five cases. Uh, and that's it. The capital cost, you know, here in the U.S. is about $10,000. And that's what's been going on around the world about the same thing. Um, and the other aspect of this is that instead of the surgeon r- reaching for, you know, having the uh, the operating nurse to give him a pair of surgical tweezers or whatever it is he uses for doing a CCC, he just reaches and asks for a Zepto. That's it. That's the difference. And he can perform the procedure in the same amount of time or even less, but have a higher degree of confidence. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when the strategic is looking at this, you know, where, where do they make their money? It's out of premium lenses. And that's the big money maker. Well, here is a product that's going to pull their premium lens into the game and uh and of course i think that eventually sometime if, if a strategic does step up to the plate they'll be able to finally now have a significant differentiation of their FACO machine because this one can be integrated into a FACO machine really easy at the end of the day but we'll we'll have to wait and see uh again They're all used to looking at competitive products. That's their mindset. You know, I've got to have something like so and so or this or this group and they follow behind there. But now when they have something that every position is really gonna want, it will be interesting to see at the end of the day is how many of them really understand the effect of what Zepto can do for. Last question, does
1: does uh, is there any sort of consumer uh, opportunity here is this something that's marketed to patients that kind of helps physicians distinguish themselves, or is this uh, is this strictly something that's that's that patient? Uh, I'm sorry, that physicians understand and that's marketed only toward a, a, the clinical community.
0: Well, I think that uh, what we're already seeing uh, in uh, in India since we've been out in that market for four months is that now we're starting to see uh, large placards out in front on these physicians' offices, Zepto, the new technology, Zepto. This is a Zepto cataract procedure. Um, And then a few of them, Zepto, much better than Femto. Um, And, of course, you know, what, what we're going to be focusing on here is that we can do a personalized visual alignment on that patient's visual axis. Nobody else can do that. And so, yes, there is going to be a very large opportunity to be able to say, you know what, pa- uh, patients, um, we can do a personalized visual axis placement of your capsulotomy during cataract surgery. So, yes, there is a really good opportunity to be able to differentiate this and, and, and drive a lot of, the, of the patient response into the offices.
1: Well, I know you're, you're a busy man with a lot to do, so I appreciate your taking some time today to uh, share your story, give us an update, and I look forward to hearing more from you uh, at future Oasis.
0: Okay, Tom. It's my pleasure.
1: And that is a wrap. John Hendrick of Minosa Cellular Devices, thanks for joining us on the OIS podcast. It's a pleasure having you here. Congratulations on the FDA news. And again, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future at OIS and on the OIS podcast. Thank you, podcast listeners, for joining us. Once again, if you can give us a ranking on iTunes, it would be a great help to, to let us know how we're doing and to let other people find the podcast. You could also just cut out the middleman and tell your friends about the OIS podcast. The more ears, the better. Finally, shoot me an email Tom at healthogy.com. That's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. Let me know how we're doing. Let me know who we should talk to. Let me know what we should talk about or just say hello. I would love to uh, hear from some listeners. And that is a wrap. Don't forget that uh, we did include the Minosis presentation on our OIS weekly newsletter. So go to OIS.net if you're not getting it to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We just need your email. And while you're at OIS.net, Register for OIS at ASRS, which is happening on August 10th in Boston, my
0: hometown.